Lord Jesus, we just declare with all that we are that you are holy. We agree with every angel in heaven that you are holy. We agree with the, the scriptures that declare you are above all principalities and powers, all dominions, all thrones. You are supreme over all. And you're our Savior. Praise you, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we could spend the rest of the day singing your worthiness, singing our love to you, lifting you up high, and it would not be enough. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your love, your love that changes our everything. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming to us and supernaturally opening up our spiritual eyes so that we can see the glory of Jesus Christ, so that we could, we could have the spiritual power to repent and come to salvation, to be born again. Thank you, Father, for your plan, your salvational plan that changed our everything. From start to finish, it's all you, and we praise you and we exalt you. We love you, Lord God. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for stirring our hearts. Thank you for lifting our eyes and refocusing us on you. As we get in your word today, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would illuminate us, that you would bring illumination to each and every one of us, that you would speak your now word to us. As we read scriptures, as, as we look at the scriptures and read them, as I read the scriptures and we hear them, I pray for that supernatural thing that happens when it goes from logos in the written word to rhema, the revealed word from spirit to spirit and becomes life inside us. Would you please do that today in Jesus Christ's mighty name? Would you please glorify Jesus? Would you please encourage and uplift your flock? And would you extend the kingdom in our hearts and minds today? In Jesus Christ's mighty name I pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Thank you, worship team. It was awesome. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. I want to start out by saying thank you, everybody, that was praying for Kenneth. Uh, some of the newer people might not know who Kenneth is. Kenneth's a young man that comes to our church, basically when he can get rides back and forth, so he comes. He lives uh, towards downtown Grand Rapids, and a few of us have been taking turns bringing him here. Uh, he's, he just turned 16. He loves playing basketball for hours. He's, I thought he was in good shape and healthy. Yesterday I got a text from his mom that said he had had an asthma attack, and then through that asthma attack, he had had a heart attack, a coronary attack, and he was now downtown at Children's DeVos Hospital, and he was on life support system. So that was pretty shocking to me. It's probably shocking to you guys when you heard it. So me and Dennis went down there and uh, talked with the family and prayed, laid hands on Kenneth and prayed for him, and then we prayed for the people in the room. I got a text today, asked her, his mom, how Kenneth's doing. She said he's doing better, and they're going to begin taking him off some of the medications today. So I'm going to go back down there today and visit him, see how he's doing, but praise God, right? Amen? So it's just one of those times where I'm just, again, I'm just reminded, and this goes for all of us. I know I'm a pastor, but 
more importantly than a pastor, I'm a born-again Christian, and that's who you guys are too. And of all the people on the planet that these people, when their son is in critical condition on life support system, they didn't call a billionaire to see if he'd fly in a special machine. Uh, they didn't call a brain surgeon to see if he could. They called a Christian to come pray for their son. Aren't, aren't we just, I mean, what a privilege to be invited into the most critical moments in people's lives because they know something about God is in you. That's the greatest privilege there is on this planet as far as I'm concerned. And I just want to say thank you for praying with me. Thank God for using people like us in people's most critical moments in their lives. So um, today I'm going to talk about a miracle we've all experienced. And by all, if you're a born-again Christian, you have experienced this miracle. We've all experienced it. It's, a, it's amazing. Um, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then this miracle has happened to you. Probably more than once. For sure once, but probably a lot more than once. This miracle gave you supernatural power. So no, you don't have x-ray vision, and I don't think you have super strength. You probably can't fly. But it is a superpower. It's absolutely a superpower. It, it's not flying. It's none of those things. But it's real, and it's from God Almighty to each one of us as born-again Christians. We have a superpower. It's amazing. So we're going to look at the superpower today. Uh, we're going to hear about the supernatural ability that we've been given as Christians. It's a superpower. It's supernatural. It's otherworldly. What is it? It's being able to hear spiritual truths and being able to see spiritual truths and to understand spiritual truths. Without that, we, we wouldn't understand any of the Bible. All these songs we sang today, none of them would mean anything to us without that superpower of being able to go, oh, that is truth about Jesus. That's truth about the kingdom. That's truth about the Father. That's truth about me. That's a supernatural power. That's not just us thinking it through, us being smart enough to go, okay, those three dots match. Okay, yeah, I believe in salvation. It's a supernatural gift by the power of the Holy Ghost in us. So I'm going to talk about two specific things, and then I'm going to close with a couple of verses. But today, I don't have any slides up here. And the reason I did that is because I'm really going heavy duty into teaching today. No, almost no preaching. And what I mean by that is teaching is line upon line, line upon line. You're going to teach some kind of a truth out of the Bible. And so sometimes with the slides, it, it makes it too easy for all of us to just look up there and not engage in our own personal Bible. So if you brought your Bible today, pull your Bible out. I'm going to have you reading out of your own Bible. If you didn't bring your Bible, maybe you have your phone. You can open up some Bible software on your phone. I do that a lot when I'm, I'm in different places. Or you can grab one of the Pew Bibles because that's New King James Version. That's what I'll be reading out of. So I just want us, there's something amazing when you hold the Word of God in your hand and you read it and then Holy Spirit speaks something to you from that Bible, from that verse for you, for your situation that day. It's a supernatural miracle for you that day from the living God. If you got baptized last week, this is kind of like encouragement for the next step. If you got baptized 30 years ago, this is encouragement for the next step in God. It's all the same of moving on in God, hearing God, knowing who he is, knowing who we are in him and what he wants us to do. How do we live with him? Because we can live for him, yep, amen, all for it. But when we live with him, we automatically live for him. 
So I want to know who he is. I want to know who he says I am, and I want to know how to relate with him. That's what we're going to talk about today. Have you ever wondered, how did Paul get trained? You know, Paul, uh, he was called Saul of, of Tarsus, and then he's going around. He's number two in all of Judea, all the Judean churches. He's number two. He's getting trained up to be the president of the company. I'll talk in terms like us Americans so we kind of get it. So he's like VP in charge of operations, and he wants to be the president with the corner room. So he goes to the boss. He says, hey, if you guys will give me permission, if you make it legal and you give me some of these temple cops, I'll go and enforce Judaism. I'll go arrest these competitors, the Christians, who are trying to put new corporation outposts in all of our region. They're the enemy, and they're going to put us out of business. So if you give me permission, you make it legal, I'll go wipe these dudes out. And they did give him legal permission to go wipe out the Christian church. So Saul of Tarsus goes, he beats people up, men and women, he puts them in jail, he burns churches down. And then God knocks him off his high horse. It, it was a camel at the time, but he literally, he's going from one town to the next to murder and stifle Christians completely. And he gets knocked off his camel. He's blind when he gets up. He hears the voice of God, goes into a town. Guy lays hands on him. He gets his sight back. What happens then? He, he didn't go and get discipled by the 12. He didn't go and spend time with Peter, James, or John. He, didn't look, he couldn't look up anything in the Bible. The New Testament wasn't written. The Bible says that he actually went and got trained by the Holy Spirit for three years. Did you know that? All the revelation that Paul put in the Bible, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, by the way. Saul, who turned into Paul. Two-thirds of this was by spirit to spirit. Supernatural, empowering by the Holy Ghost into him the truths of God. That's for Paul. It's also for us today. So that's what I want to talk about, our superpower of being able to get spirit to spirit for what we should do in a daily life in every situation. Let's, let's read this. Are you at Galatians? Could you turn to Galatians chapter 1, please? So, like I said, we're not going to have any overhead slides. You're going to be able to read the Bible right while you hold it. And I'm going to do something I rarely, rarely do. I rarely read the whole chapter in the Bible while I'm up here speaking. Because I'll be honest with you, a little bit, it's, I've just seen when I try to read that much scripture, a lot of people start daydreaming and switch off. So I'm just praying, and I've been praying this whole week, that we can all focus on what God's saying and what God's saying to each one of us. Amen? I'm all for daily devotions. I'm all for the scripture of the day. That, that's awesome. That's great. But we miss so much when that's all we have. Because sometimes a, a daily devotion will show you maybe one verse or maybe three or four verses will be a passage. And so you read this passage. You don't have the context of the chapter. You don't have the context of the book. You just have these three or four verses, and then they spend two or three paragraphs telling you what you should think about that. And so it's God's word rewarmed by a human to try to encourage you. That's second best from going to God in his word and having him encourage you. So we're going to read this whole chapter. I'm going to make one main point out of this chapter, Galatians chapter 1. But watch how full this chapter is for so many things that went on then that's going on right now, so many aspects in our lives. Let's read through this and just watch. And I, I just want to encourage you. Try to stay as focused as you can on what Paul is saying to the church then and what he's saying to us right now. So Galatians 1, 1 through 24. 
says, Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. He starts out saying that because Saul, what's, whoa, watch out. Saul was important in the Judean church because men had decided it and men had made him important in that church. Here's Paul over here. Paul saying, I am an apostle of God, not because guys think so. I am who I am because God says so. Amen? Because people, and watch as this story unfolds, Paul literally had to go away from this environment where everybody saw him as Saul and thought he would act like Saul and wanted to keep putting Saul back on him. He had to get away with God so that Paul could receive everything he had coming from God. Christians, this goes for me and you today. Sometimes we have to get away from the usual and go somewhere where we can experience the supernatural with God. Verse 2. And all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Now, if you're reading a devotional, that's enough. You can stop right there with a devotional. Uh, God's grace is sufficient. His, his grace has covered us from our sins. He's delivering us from this present evil age. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. We're out. If we stop there, though, we miss so much. That's just the beginning. That's the preamble. He's like, I'm an apostle because God says so. And I'm forgiven because he done it through Jesus Christ. Now let me give you this message of what God has for the churches. I just want to underline that he says he will deliver us from this present evil age. That's the first century. He wrote this in the first century. Sometimes we look around, we go, oh, man, this is the worst age. This is the most evil age ever. Maybe it is, maybe it ain't. Every single Christian, every single person that has made a decision that I'm going to live for righteousness and I'm going to declare kingdom values through my lifestyle has come under persecution, has come under pressure, and does not fit in the evil age. So when Paul said this to the first century, we can say it right now. It's just as accurate. We live in an evil age, folks. No doubt about that. Watch this. Verse 6. I marvel. I'm astounded. I marvel that you're turning away so soon from him who called you in grace, the grace of Christ, to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, he's talking him and apostles, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we preach to you, let him be accursed. Wow. Accursed means go to hell. You're accursed. You should go to hell for eternal judgment. That's what he's saying. Let them be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Wow. Do you know what it is to pervert a gospel? The gospel of Jesus Christ is so simple. God so loved the world that those who choose to believe have the right to become sons and daughters. We have our sins forgiven. We have eternal life. To do that, though, we have to believe in Jesus, and we have to repent. Right? right. 
That's the simpleness of the gospel. He's right. I'm wrong. I want my sins. I know I'm a sinner. I want my sins forgiven. I want the power to break off that destructive lifestyle. I want the power to live righteously and live for God. It's a big change. It's a total change. To pervert that gospel is God loves everybody in the world. You don't have to change. You don't have to repent. That's perverting the gospel. Um, pretty sure that's happening right now, folks, don't, don't you think? And the pressure is pervert the gospel. Go ahead, stay in any lifestyle you want. Jesus loves you. You'll still go to heaven. Your sins are forgiven. Just keep sinning. You don't have to repent. He doesn't have to be Lord. He'll be your Savior. Just keep going. And now there's a new twist, though. Now the church is saying all that stuff. The church is saying it's absolutely fine to be a homosexual. It's absolutely fine to have all these other things. You can be a trans, I don't know, there's about eight different words behind that nowadays. You can do all this stuff, and God still loves you, you go to heaven. That is a destructive lifestyle. It's not good for them. It's just like an alcoholic. I'll never go to an alcoholic and say, you know what, you should just get drunk every single day. That's good for you. You'll be forgiven. It's destructive. I would never go to a liar and say, you know what? As long as they're little lies and they're not hurting people, no problem. Just go ahead and keep lying your head off. I would never say that. Lies are destructive. They hurt people. So any sin we have to repent of to be forgiven. That's the truth and the power of the gospel. That's what sets us free. To pervert it is to say you don't have to change. Repentance without works is fine. You'll still go to heaven. That's a perversion. He says if people are doing that, that's... That's not another gospel. That's a lie. It's a perversion of the gospel. And may they go to hell. That's what a curse literally means. Now, if you said that nowadays and you're having a conversation in or out of the church about homosexuality and you say all homosexuals and churches that preach homosexual is fine, they should go to hell, Woo-wee. you're probably going to get shot or stabbed right there because it is just so prevalent in our society. I'm not saying these are micisms. You're holding your Bible. You're reading your Bible right in front of you. This is what Paul said in the first century. We got to keep the gospel pure. Verse 10, for, I, for do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Everything in this Bible that Paul wrote for us, he got inspired straight from the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ himself. Wow. That, that's part of who we are as Christians. God speaks to us. It's normal Christianity. Verse 13. For if you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it, and I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, um, by the way, that's for all of us folks. If you just got saved a month ago, if you got saved three decades ago, God had his hand on you from the day you were born. We can say exactly like what Paul says here. For it pleased God who separated Mike from his mother womb and called Mike through his grace. Man, to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. 
I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. What? So numerically, Paul is telling us the importance of this. For a Christian, walking in the power of God, using the supernatural power. He says, I, I didn't go up to Jerusalem where the 12 apostles were, where all the, the big marketing bucks were, everybody that knows everything about anything. They're all in Jerusalem. I didn't go there. I went over here in Arabia. I went all the way over to Damascus, and I spent three years with just me and Jesus. Three years. After three years, then I went back to the apostles, and I spent uh, 15 days with them. <laughs> three years with God, 15 days. We have so reversed that now in Christian culture. Now we spend an hour, hour and a half in church, maybe a half hour preaching. Then we have maybe devotionals most days of the week and maybe a daily scripture. We need to flip that thing back around. We're in the word hours every single week. When we come to church, that's an overflow of my relationship with God. I spend an hour or two every day with the Lord, before work, lunch break, after work, just Time. I find time to spend with God. Oh, and then, I'll, yeah, I'll do a devotional now and then. Oh, yeah, I'll, I, I'll have my favorite scripture. I have it set up on my phone. Daily scripture comes in. Nothing wrong with that. I do devotionals now and then. Nothing wrong with that. But if we don't read the Bible in context, book by book, chapter by chapter, we miss so much. We miss how this comes together and builds the kingdom of God in our lives. He says, so after three years, I went up and talked to Peter for 15 days. Verse 19, but I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning these things I write to you, indeed before God, I do not lie. Why does Paul have to say in the Bible, in the Holy Scriptures, what I'm saying to you I'm not lying about? Because even back then, he was faced with skepticism just like we are now. If you go up to someone, it's sometimes born-again Christians, if you go up to an unbeliever, you say, hey, you know what? When I was in the Word today, I was praying for you too, and this is what God said to me, and you share it with them. Sometimes people will roll their eyes and go, do, 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 right? Even sometimes I've seen Christians not believe that God spoke to them through another Christian. Paul says, this is Paul. Paul says, I do not lie. I'm right here before God Almighty. I'm not lying. He literally gave me all this spirit to spirit. Whew. Man, that's amazing. Paul had to say that. He says, afterwards, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only, he who formerly persecuted us now preaches faith, which he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God in me. I read this whole chapter because I want to emphasize revelation from God is a Christian's portion. It is normal life for a Christian to hear God speak to him. That's normal life. But I also want you guys to see that even for the great Paul, he had to get away from people and situations in his life that wanted to keep him as Saul. I'm not Saul anymore. I'm going over here. I don't want to hear it. I'm not explaining. I'm done arguing. I'm Paul. I'm a born-again creature. I'm anointed by God to preach the gospel. I'm full of the Holy Ghost, and I'm going somewhere. If you want to hold me back, I don't want to be by you. I want to be around people that have faith. 
Man. It was an evil time. There was people trying to pervert the gospel. In the great Paul's day, just like now, we're not victims. We don't have it worse than other people. We got the gospel. Man. So that's Paul. Let's talk about us. You know, uh, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament by pure spiritual download. That, that, that's amazing. Nowadays, I mean, Paul didn't have any of the New Testament. He would have known, probably had it memorized, almost all the Old Testament. Zero New Testament. <sighs> Me and you get to get aside with God, go into whatever place that is that kind of shuts down the other outside noise. We get to bust open our own personal Bible, read the Bible, that the revelation that God gave Paul, gave several others, the, the New Testament, Old Testament, Psalms, Prophets, we can read this and the Holy Spirit can teach us what that meant to them and what it means to us today. Paul didn't have both. We have both. We have the blessing of being able to hold the Bible in our hands and read it and get revelation through our own eyes. Sheesh. While the same spirit that taught Paul explains the revelation to us that Paul wrote down. This is how it fits for you, Mike, in that situation yesterday you were in and you responded this way. This is how you should. Oh, my gosh, that's so amazing. Yes, Lord, I want to be like that. Yes, Lord. And it, it just turns right like that. Can you turn with me, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Galatians 1 shows us how this happened with Paul. Two Corinthians chapter three and chapter four are both pretty amazing um, passages. If you've never read all the way through like Second Corinthians from cover to cover, I encourage you to do it. Just set like an hour aside, a little over an hour, maybe I think you could get read through the whole thing. But especially chapters three and four, where Paul just goes, uh, he goes extreme to try to compare the glory of God in two different sites. He spends quite a while talking about uh, the Old Testament and the glory that came with the Old Covenant. And he talks about how, how Moses would go into the tent of meeting. He'd go in, that's where he would meet God. God would come down, go into this tent. Moses would go in that tent, and they'd have some God time. And then Moses would come out, and Moses' face was changed. It was full of the glory of God, and it freaked people out. <laughs> he, he was so full of God, it freaked people out. I've had that a few times where I have this God encounter and then I run into people and they're having a situation and then I start spilling God at them with scriptures and how good God is and I'm all excited and stuff and they're like, okay, okay, enough, I got it. It's like Moses came out, his face is shining and they're like, dude, cover it up. So he had to put a veil over his face until it faded and then he'd take it off and say, oh, oh, that's just Moses. Okay, Moses, tell us the rules again. And so that's what it was. Judaism was all rules. We are so different. There's so many religions, folks, and you know this. Maybe some of you have experienced it. All of us have seen it. Where the whole thing is set up, and you've got some big muckety-muck that stands here. 
whether he's a pastor or a priest or a reverend, but he's the go-to guy. He's the guy that's authorized to get prayers answered and to know the word and all this nonsense. And all, everybody else has to listen to the grand poobah. And I'm going to tell you all the stuff you shouldn't do, and I'm going to tell you all the stuff you should do. That's just religion. That's garbage. That's really what Moses had to do. Moses had 10 commands. By the time Jesus came by, the religious leaders had 2,300 rules. Look at our government. We have a law. People break the law, so we make another law. Okay, and then they break this law, so we make four more laws. That's exactly what they did. Jesus comes as completely different. He gives us a different heart, a different mind, and the power of the Holy Spirit to be transformed. So Paul spends these whole two chapters. He says, this glory, which was glorious, from a glorious God, but only Moses could enjoy it. And he'd go in there, he'd get touched by God time, and he came out so full of God he had to cover his face. But it was a diminishing glory. It was a glory that was leaving, and it was based on condemnation. That's what Paul says about Moses' ministry. He says, but ours is based on life. Ours is an ever-increasing glorious ministry. Have you ever thought about the glory that's in you as a Christian? Sometimes, if we're not careful, we'll make mistakes, and the devil comes up and goes, see, I told you you'd never change. See, I told you you'd always be like that. You ought to just find some low-level way of living so you really aren't bumping into anything, you're not offending anybody, you're not really using your faith for a whole lot, and just kind of relax a little bit. Right? God came to us to give us a born-again experience. We are new creations. Paul says this was glorious, but it was fading and it was condemnation. We have so much more of a greater covenant based on eternal, ever-increasing glory inside us. Watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Just skip down to verse 14. Today, please read the whole chapter and see what he's saying in this whole chapter. But we're going to start with verse 14. He says, talking about the Old Testament, but their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. How many times have you talked to people, said, well, I tried reading the Bible. It just doesn't make sense. I just can't put it together. It's so dry. It's so boring. All that comes aside when you get born again. Spirit to spirit, you're a brand new spiritual creation, and the spiritual word comes to life by your spirit through the power of the Holy Spirit. Whew, man. Verse 15. But even to this day, when Moses read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom or liberty. Verse 18. But we all, with unveiled face, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I, if I talked about that one verse all day today, I still would fall short. The Bible literally says, as we are growing in Christ, we're changing from glory to glory. Glory to glory. We have an ever-increasing glory inside us. 
Imagine if we could get this in our head, if that was, that was the filter of our thinking. I, I'm going to pray. I'm going to get in the Bible. I'm going to witness for someone, and it's going to be glorious. Some of God's glory in me is going to leak out in this situation. I was thinking about this last night when we walked into that, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the room there with Kenneth was in, uh, the emergency, it's not emergency room, but critical care room. When I was, I've been there a few different times in that kind of a situation, but still going in there, I was kind of ready to see a 16-year-old boy hooked up to all these machines. And no matter what you put in your little brain, it's still shocking when you go and you walk into that thing. But as we're going down the hallway, we're getting out of the car, walking across Parkland Street, I just started praying for God's glory to show up in this room. As I'm going over there and I lay my hands on Kenneth, and he had machines I had never seen before in my life on that guy. Wow. I laid hands on him. And I closed my eyes and I started trying to picture God's glory going from me into his, his young body and being totally healed. I tried to lock onto that thing. Imagine if that's our reference point. I'm going to get in the Bible and I'm going I'm to grow. From the glory I have now, I'm going to get more glory because that's what the Bible says. I'm growing from glory to glory. Man. Paul says, um, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. So when do you look in a mirror? What, why do you put that little thing about a mirror in here? Talk about glory to glory with God is the most amazing concept trying to wrap my human mind around. And he talks about a mirror. It's like, what, what's a mirror got to do with it? Well, when do you look in a mirror? You look in a mirror when it's important to get an assessment of what's going on. You need important information. You don't believe me? Watch your wife next week before church. Before she goes out the door, she'll make one more stop at the mirror. <laughs> now, I can kind of be cocky about this because I spend very little time in front of the mirror, probably shows. <laughs> um, but I'm just at an age where it's just, it's, this is just true. I use an electric razor for shaving most of the time, so I'm not even shaving in front of a mirror. Uh, the whole hair thing, that left about 20 years ago. I'm not using hair care products in front of a mirror. So I'll, I'll get dressed, I get in front of the mirror, I'm, I'm out. Is everything zipped up and buttoned and I'm good. But when you look into a mirror, you're investigating for information that's critical for your next step. Right? Especially important things. What if you're going to a funeral or a wedding? What if you're getting married? You're going to be in front of that mirror and you're going to have to make sure the lights are on and you're checking everything and you're, I mean, how, how do I look? Yeah, that's what I thought too. How, right? Paul's saying when you get into the Word and you're looking at Jesus in the Word, you're looking like a mirror. I want to get, I want, show me, Lord, where am I at? Show me, Lord, what you got because I'm growing from glory to glory. Man. But we all, with unveiled face, we, we can see spiritual things. That veil got ripped off in Jesus Christ. We all have unveiled faces. We can see clearly. All, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. So when I'm reading the Bible, and I'm looking and I'm thinking, and I'm focused, just like if I was looking in a mirror for a very important time. I'm looking at this. What does Jesus look like? 
what, what does that say to me? What, what's that promise? How do I apply that? And the Holy Spirit comes and says, this is how you apply it, Mike. This is how you apply it, Dennis. This is how you apply it. For all of us, man, why do we use mirrors? We use mirrors when it's important and it really matters. When we get in the Word and we're looking for God to speak to us, to say something to us, to continue His growing transformation in us, it matters. It's important. The revelation from the Bible gives us information so that we can look our best. That's what a mirror's for. It gives us information so we can look our best. I look my best when I look like Jesus. I, I'm not worried about my hair. That was 20, 25 years ago, honestly. Uh, I don't usually have brand new shoes. They don't matter to me. But I want to look like Jesus. Five years from now, I want to look more like Jesus. And I want to live intentionally to make that happen. Amen? Amen. Are we doing it? Are we looking in the mirror on any kind of a, a regular basis? So let me close with a couple passages. Still got your Bible. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. That's where we're going to close it up. Romans 12, 1 and 2. They're pretty familiar verses in my little uh, daily get your daily scripture thing that you version sends out. This is today's verse, which just happens to be a, like a reinforcement from God that you, daily Bible verses are great. Devotionals are great. They're, they're great. But they're like salt on the meal. You still need the meal. still need the whole thing. So Paul says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm going to read that. You don't have to turn to Colossians, but just listen, listen to what Paul says in Colossians, chapter 3, 8 through 11. But now you yourselves are to put off all of these. We're, we're leaving Saul. We're going over to be Paul. He says, put off all of these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. And do not lie to one another since you put off that old man and his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. And, where there's neither Greek nor Jew or circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, American, Mexican, tall, short, fat, white, black, none of that matters. Once you're renewed in the new man, the only thing that matters is Christ is all. Now let's read Romans 12, 1 and 2. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Some versions say your, your, your reasonable act of worship. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I personally think that he put that in that wording. He starts out with good and acceptable and perfect. I think... When Paul was in Judaism and he had a bunch of rules and people were following a bunch of rules, I think they looked good and acceptable most of the time. They were doing the right stuff most of the time. If you want to grab that perfect will of God, you got to be over here in a new life. You got to be transformed. You got to be born again. You got to be growing glory to glory. You got to be in the Word and spending time with God if you're going to find His perfect will. You, you can do good and acceptable, but what do you want? I mean, yesterday, there's times like yesterday that remind me 
None of us know how much time we got. It's such a cliche. It's so overused. We're bombarded with it most of the time. We don't even think twice about it. But let me tell you, as I was going up, I changed and drove up to that hospital. Thinking about Kenneth, here he is 15 years old. Um, had I helped him all I could? Had I encouraged him every chance I got? Did I pray for him every time I was by him? Did I do the best I could with him? I did good and acceptable. Oh, yeah, sure. But did I do the best I possibly could? It got me thinking again. So today I'm here today just saying, where are we at, folks? Are some of us not going to be here next week? Is this our last day on the planet? How would we live differently if we, lose our, if, if we die or if we lose a loved one? Would we treat others any differently? What if we got three months? What if we got one year left? If someone told you you got one year left, would you live differently? Man. I think it's time for us to respond to the Word of God because the, the Word of God always demands a response. Always. It is God Almighty's Word to us. So either we're going to respond with faith or we're going to respond with offense. Either we're going to respond and say, Lord, I, I know you stirred my heart with this part and that part, and I want to reply to you. Or we're going to go, you know what, whatever. <sighs> I, I really don't need it today. But it's time for us to respond to the Word of God. This morning, I believe I've talked about transformation that happens to men and women when they believe the Bible, which is the Word of God. This is the only, only book on the planet, only book in the galaxy that was written by God Almighty to regular people like you and me. We have the translator and the interpreter inside us to help us understand it. Wow. I've talked about the written Word of God, but I also talked about the revealed Word of God. And so the, as I wrap this up, I just want to point out two things. This is the written Word of God. This is what's called the Logos. It's written. There's also the revealed Word of God, which Paul experienced. That's called the Rhema. So when you get something straight from spirit to spirit, it's like that, that's, there's a Rhema understanding, a revealed, a revelation understanding of oh yeah, that's a neat scripture in the Bible, which is Logos. Then I read it, and the Holy Spirit says, Mike, that's for you, for this situation right now today. Boom, it's rhema. It goes from ink on a page to supernatural power in my life. Paul had rhema. Moses had Logos. We have both and the Holy Ghost inside us. Man, oh man, we are so blessed and so, so privileged. The veil has been removed, the glory has been revealed, and we are transformed. So let me ask everybody here, I think I know, I don't see too many visitors here today. Is there anyone here that maybe has believed Jesus was real, but never actually asked him to be your Lord and Savior? It, you've, maybe you've had a head knowledge of him. Yeah, I think Jesus was the Son of God. I think he died on the cross. I, I heard a lot that he came back to life. Have you ever taken that, those truths and said, would you come into my life personally? I'm a sinner. Would you please forgive me? Would you now be my Lord and show me how to live? Is there anyone here that would like to go from maybe just head knowledge to Lord and Savior? I'll lead you in a prayer. It'll change your everything. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So let me ask you this. Uh, I think there's some people here today, I know I'm one of them, that you want to receive more from God more from his word, to be able to focus on him more, to be able to open our hearts to him more and have more of him in us and share more of him out of us. If, if, that's, if that's you, I just want to ask you to do a couple of things for me. Close your eyes. 
I already got mine closed. Uh, close your eyes and open your heart towards God. Close your eyes, just, just posture your heart in a way that God could speak something to you. Today I covered a lot of ground, full-blown teaching mode, several different places in the Bible, lots of scriptures. I want to encourage every single man and woman here right now, maybe you're listening online, maybe you're here in the building. Just, if you're not driving, close your eyes, open your heart towards God, and let him speak to you right now as I pray for all of us. Dear Heavenly Father, your word says that we have been transformed and we're still being transformed. We will never finish being transformed until we are exactly like Jesus. That will probably happen on our way between here and heaven. In the meantime, Father, we believe that the Holy Spirit's inside us. We believe that your word is the inerrant word of God, and we believe, Holy Spirit, that you can bring it to life inside us. So, Father, according to your scriptures that I read and spoke out today, would you please increase your glory inside us from glory to glory, from encounter with you to encounter with you, so that we can know you more, that we can know who we are as new creations more, and that we can proclaim the glorious gospel, the accurate gospel to this world around us. Holy Spirit, would you please speak to your people right now? Emphasize and underline something that was previously said today. Heavenly Father, thank you for talking to your people today. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for challenging us and encouraging us at the same time. Thank you for giving us direction and the wherewithal to go in that direction. Whatever you call us to, you always equip us for. You always give us everything we need for every situation. And Father, I pray that faith in this place would arise now. Faith to believe you're all that you say you are, faith to believe we're all that you say we are, and faith for this dark and evil time we live in that the gospel's more powerful than the things going on around us, that your love is more powerful than the hate that surrounds us, that the light, the glorious light of the risen Christ is more powerful than the darkness we're surrounded by. Lord, would you please... In Jesus' name, Father, would you please speak to us this week now, spirit to spirit, while we're reading your word and bring transformation in us and through us. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.